Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a wonderful Monday morning and another episode of our Durian, our, our Berean post-devotional podcast. And for those of you that have been following along, we are now going through the book of 1 Corinthians. I think I said the last time, Colossians, out of force of habit, because we've been in Colossians for so long, 53 episodes. Um, but no, we are in now Colossians, and we are going to be taking a look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 4 to 9. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in with the text. <clears throat> I thank God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was f- confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I'll devote little attention to verses 1, 2, 3, since Paul employs a typical greeting prevalent in his time and in the Greek literary tradition. In the introductory section of our devotional walk through the letters to the Colossians, I already discussed Paul's use of the phrase grace and peace, and therefore I won't repeat what was previously said as a significant portion would (laughs) merely be a reiteration or restatement. (coughs) Instead, we're going to start with the phrase, I thank God always concerning you. The Apostle Paul's affection for the churches that he's established reveals his true heart as an apostle. In his letter to these churches, Paul expresses his deep love and concern for them. And as a spiritual father, he considered them to be his own children and kept them in his thoughts by regularly praying for them. In the book of Philippians, Paul writes, Every time I remember you, I thank my God in all my prayers for you, for all of you, I always pray with joy. And again, in Philippians, he also affirms that God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ. Similarly, in his letter to Colossians, Paul expresses his appreciation for the faith and love towards God's people. Well, in contrast to Paul's relationship with the churches he established, today's church leaders may not always show the same level of deep love and concern for their congregations. While there are certainly many pastors and spiritual leaders who care deeply for their flocks, others may view their roles as merely a job rather than a calling. They may not prioritize prayer and intercession for their congregations, 
or invest the same personal attention and affection towards him as Paul did. This is not to say that modern-day church leaders are inherently less caring than Paul, but rather that the dynamics of church leadership and the expectations placed on pastors today may be different today than in Paul's time. Nonetheless, for those that are in um, ministry positions, this is certainly a challenge for us to consider as we reflect upon our own ministries. Let's move on to the phrase for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ. The grace of God is Paul's great theme throughout his writings. Paul's teachings on grace are some of the most well-known and influential in, in Christian theology. In his letter to the Romans, for example, Paul writes extensively about the grace of God and its role in salvation. He says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. He says, but where, another place he says, but where sin increased, grace um, increased all the more. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul speaks of the grace of God as a gift freely given to believers. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. In his letter to Titus, Paul emphasizes the importance of grace in the Christian life, saying, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. What then is grace? This naturally leads us to ask the question, what does Paul mean by grace? Well, grace refers to God's unmerited favor towards sinners. Paul teaches that salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ by grace alone. And this means that we cannot earn our own our salvation by our own good works, but rather that it is a, a gift from God. But still, what is grace and how does it relate to us today? Well, Paul's understanding of grace is demonstrated through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Grace then is a gift from God which empowers us to live a life that's pleasing to him. Now, it's unfortunate that the concept of God's grace has become come to mean God's fantastic or incredible ability to just simply wink at sin, but this is simply not the case. Well, well, if we limit our understanding of grace to a catchphrase, such as God's unmerited favor, we will certainly get all kinds of theological distortions. So, while it may be challenging to come up with a better definition to the question, what is grace? Doubtless, we are given clear indication to the effect that grace has on a person's life. Paul teaches that grace does not give us a license to sin, but it empowers us to live a life pleasing to God. So in this sense, it's, it's not strictly about forgiveness, but empowerment and transformation. As we have said before, the gospel is not about changing a life, but exchanging a life as symbolized by water baptism. In his letter to Titus, we mentioned that Paul says, the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly loves in this present age. One example of a person in the New Testament who was affected by the grace of God and whose life was impacted by it um, was the Apostle Paul himself. Before his conversion, Paul was a persecutor of Christians and even played a role in stoning Stephen, if you remember, one of the early Christian martyrs. However, on the road to Damascus, Paul had a wonderful 
and powerful encounter with Jesus Christ and was transformed by God's grace. This experience changed his whole whole life's trajectory and he became one of the greatest Christian missionaries spreading the message of salvation through Jesus Christ throughout the ancient world. While another example Uh, Another example of a person in the New Testament impacted by God's grace is a woman caught in adultery in, in John 8. When the religious leaders brought this woman before Jesus, they intended to stone her to death. It was the punishment for committing adultery under the Jewish law. However, Jesus showed her grace and compassion, saying, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. This encounter with Jesus transformed her life and gave her a second chance. She was was shown mercy and grace and her life was forever changed. In both instances, grace was about forgiveness and transformation. A poem that has always stuck with us in one uh, variation or version reads, Run, Jack, run, the law demands, but but gives Jack neither feet nor hands. Far better news the gospel brings that bids Jack fly and gives Jack wings. As we reflect on our devotion this morning, we're reminded of the profound meaning of grace. Grace is not just a catchphrase or a theological concept. It's the unmerited favor of God that empowers us to live a life that's pleasing to Him. We cannot earn our salvations by our own good works, but it's a gift that comes from God given to us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But with this gift of grace comes great responsibility. We're called to live a life that reflects the transformative power of God's grace, saying no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and living self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. May we be like Jack, running with wings that is given us to us by the gospel of grace, empowered to live a life that pleases God. And may we And never forget that grace is not a license to sin, but a call to righteousness, a call to live a transformed life by the love and by the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of Bright Future Bible Freaks on Facebook. Until next time. May peace and blessings abound in your home. Thank you.